Put him on his back. Thurston, right foot kick, down the ground, into the end goal almost. Hodgson cuts it off. Hodgson taken by Norton. He took him late. Marshall skips away. Marshall skips away. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Johnson away. Boom. You are live. Episode four for the year, are we now, Toby? Episode four for 2023. Yep. yep. Uh, and it is, of course, the 31st of January, 2023. I'm Zach with a new streaming light. Bringing out the organ in the beard, unfortunately for me. He's Toby. He is Toby. I don't know. Oh, there I, he is. There he is. I thought you were going to introduce me, but you, well, you did, but wait oh, for I did reply. But there you go. I did the best I could with what I got, mate, let's be honest. Fair, fair. What's going on? Not much. You're um looking and sounding well, not looking. You're sounding a bit better. <laughs> yes. Yes. Back in the office today. Yep. Uh COVID free, but um yep. exhausted. So I think I've got a little bit of the uh probably not long COVID, but just exhausted from being sick for a week. So yeah. yeah no, there's not many not many things on you that I'll are long, mate. My mouth a little bit when I'm yawning. Yep. So Yeah, good. Yeah, that would be good. Baseline levels of respect and um manners that's good to see um new acquisition from you no doubt yeah yeah it's definitely something i've been working on you know in in the past so i like your little um you've got a little studio edition in the background there mate uh get did, cue ball did. cue ball head out of the way what do you got going on there mate that is uh an 05 little um plaque thing that my my mum of all things got for me the year we won it for christmas so she got my brother and i one of them um bit faded it's been um it was basically sitting up on a wall for years and years but direct sun got to it so bit faded but um figured you've got the jersey behind you or get something for me yeah absolutely um uh, we don't call that faded or age it's probably just a little bit of patina which is good that's you know that's that's that type of aging on things that we that we like when you get a brand new leather wallet it's all stiff no good needs a bit of patina soften it up a bit that's all sure. that is. It just adds sure. a, adds a bit of vintage. Adds a bit what of charm. Reckon? Bit of charm. Yeah. yeah, a bit of charm. Straight to the pool room. If you had a pool room, if I had a pool I room, I dare say that would be in there, wouldn't it? Oh, bloody earth. That's uh, that'd be the first thing put in there. What a cracker! Right. Well, other than that, uh, what's been happening? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot, mate. Not a whole lot. Just um, you know, like I, I mentioned last week, the new job started and. Just continuing on with that and, yeah, just recovering and gearing up to, you know, have a lot lot more sleepless nights again with uh, baby number two almost here. So, mm. Mm. Yeah. How exciting, getting close now. Getting close, couple of weeks. So Wow, very yeah. good. How good's that? Yeah, good and is- hopefully, um, you know, another voice in the house to vote you out of decisions. So, I don't know. yeah, you're going to be... Yeah, well, fair I'm, I'm I'm pretty far down the pecking order, so yeah, yeah, well, that's good. That's a good decision. That there in itself, I think <laughs> yeah. that's great. Oh, well, very nice, mate. Well, that's good to see. About um, yeah, not a whole lot. Just about the same. Ticking mm-hmm. on, sort of working our way into the year for work and whatnot, and um, loving Feb February come early in uh, Brisbane. I'll tell you what, that last week of January that we're still sitting in, ah, oh, woeful. 
I'm guessing you're talking about the heat. Absolutely, and not yeah. not of the Brisbane variety, not the not the cricket side, but um, no. Oh, the weather, mate, it's been horrid. Oh, mate, it's the um. Apart from Brisbane also being in Queensland, that's another thing you can't really uh give it credit for is it's it's dry heat. No, no, I mean dry. It it's been a little bit drier today, but yeah, uh, the mugginess has been floating around too. That's the thing that kills uh, me. I find and yeah, this six weeks every year. Uh, the worst. I tend to melt a little bit, but um, every day that goes by, we're a day closer to winter and some nicer temperatures. I was about to say, and you're a happy man. Absolutely. Nice jersey, by the uh, way. Yeah, I thought you might notice that one. Yeah, not nice old uh, blues jersey. I dug out a um, dug out my some of my older jerseys up from the the storage and gave them all a freshen up and a wash and a bit of fabric softener. Unfortunately, some of the older ones. The um, the ah, uh, the old wizard ones. Yeah, the old um, the old sponsorship logo doesn't hold up all too well. But um, I guess talking about patina, just just bump the table. Uh, adds a bit of charm, doesn't it? Bit of charm, bit of charm. I, don't, I think I'm gonna have to get a new Blues jersey for this year, just because not because they're good. I'm not a fan of the Blues jerseys this year, but uh the one that i do have was when from a from a time when i was a lot skinnier and i don't know if i'll ever fit into it again so probably time for oh, i don't know about that i reckon there's your motivation right there <laughs> sorted right. sorted two birds with one stone save a few doll hairs a few dollary do's and um you know nip and tuck your way into a uh, nice what that'd be that'd be a medium, nice uh medium large That'd be a nice little, uh, you know, present for myself, wouldn't it? Get myself a nip and tuck and fix something on my head. Well, this has truly become what the Weather Town podcast, the Fashion Town podcast. Because we might as well, um, podcast. We might as well, yeah, a bit of a throwback to, um, to maybe the origins and maybe start talking tigers. What do you think? Yeah, let's do that. Hey, let's do that because. Uh, if anyone is following us on Facebook, you would have saw a bit of a, a share today because there was some uh, a bit of rumours going around, more than rumours from what you tell me. Yeah, so there's um, a bit of floodgates that have opened up in the last 24 hours in the rumour innuendo space and from multiple accounts too. Um, multiple sources seem to be confirming the same thing and that is that there is a meeting slated, let's say scheduled, slated, same thing for Thursday, this week, uh, where Moses and his management will meet the Tigers um, at Concord. And, well, it, it seems to be that they seem confident from the Tigers' end that he's going to be signing a $1.4 million deal over four years with the possibility of a fifth-year mutual. Um, and, yeah, all the word coming out of Camp Tiger seems to be that um, he's coming there with a with a fresh pen. That is that that'll be considering, you know, we let him go so many well, what was it, six years ago now, and what he's the player he's turned into be. From a Haas perspective, I can't remember like even when we signed Scotty Prince, who was he back then? You didn't even know. Um that would be a busted busted bloke, busted bloke from Brisbane with a broken leg that we yeah. took a chance on and rebuilt into an origin half. Exactly. Scott Prince was. Um, uh, but look, I will I will say, um, and we can maybe talk about the the what ifs and, and coconuts in a minute. But um, I will say that until 
anything is officially out of the club. And until that pen actually touches paper, especially with our club of all clubs, um, nothing is, is written in stone. And we have been confident before of having players. There was a verbal agreement with Luttrell from all reports. Uh, um, I mean, Joshua Descar signed a head of, heads of agreement, which, which effectively is a non-legally binding written piece of writing that um, indicates that they intend to sign. So um, as we well know, until the fat lady sings on contracts with West Tigers, it's um, never quite over the line, is it? It's always uh, open for interpretation sometimes, isn't it? Mm. But let's say... However... Does... Yeah. Sorry, you go. I was going to say, if it does go through, it'll be the biggest half signing I think we've ever had, which is frustrating because we had him six years ago. And But you and I were both in agreement that Brooks was the better half at the time. Mm. I was just kicked on. Mm. Brooks didn't really. Oh, and look... Yeah, look, early Brooks as well. I mean, not not that early, but he was only three years into his career at that stage of technically four, but he only played one game in 2013. So yep. um, uh, very early on, what was it, 2017? So yeah, technically six years ago. I mean, these guys were 21, 22 years of age. So very early in their careers and um, yeah, the decision was made at the time. Um, yeah, I... I can't help. I can't disagree with that in, in terms of our biggest halves signing ever. It would probably come up close. Let, let's make the assumption that does happen. Uh, and we'll probably look like fools next week when it all falls through with egg in our face. But let's make the assumption for the sake of today's podcast that does happen. There's an argument to be made that signing Mitchell Moses now at the peak of his powers, and that's where he is. He took his team to a grand final last year. He's played Origin, albeit wasn't the best showing. Um, and he's in his prime. He's late twenties. He, um, it's it's a what we would call probably a top three, top four halfback in the league at the moment. Um, right at right at his prime to be able to make that signing, it's hard to argue that uh, there's been a better signing in the history of the Tigers. Yeah, that is true. It's yeah, it's very very hard to. Um, just to disagree with that, to be honest. Mm, mm. Um, and I mean, even some of the comparisons that you might make may be, uh, the some of the more recent ones that we've made. Isaiah Papali, um, you know, one of the best second rowers in the competition, if not the best second row in the competition. Yeah. Again, at, at the peak of his powers and with plenty to offer, plenty more years to go. But you know, he's. He's up there. Um, Api Corosau, arguably the best hooker in the game last year. We've nailed that. Um, you know, Clemar still putting up tremendous numbers. Player, player at the uh, moment. Yeah, it's not saying you know, too much, but for a forward to get that. Yeah. A forward, so, a team that has Kalen Ponga in it, and he gets players player. I mean, there you go. player. So, hmm. and then you've also got Bateman, who is an international forward. Uh, shows yep. what we can do. Um, if we get Moses, I would, I'd be more than happy to stand in front of anyone and say this is the best signing spree over the last two years we have ever had, ever. Oh, I reckon prior to Moses, it is. I reckon as it stands right now, it's the best overhaul of our roster we've ever seen in twenty five years, twenty twenty four years, twenty five years next year. Yeah. Um. Is this our 25th season? Because we started in 99. No, we started in 2000. 
2000, did we? Yeah. I get confused with high school and yeah, okay, 2000. <laughs> okay. So oh, it was, yeah, I know. We so we we're in year eight, the year that West Tigers entered. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, 25 years next year. Anyway, no, I digress. I digress. I, yeah, we've spoken a little bit about the signing spree at large, and we don't want to rehash, um, or basically just recycle a derivative version of the last couple of podcasts where we talked about that stuff in depth. But, um, yeah, it's, it's quite, it's remarkable. And let's go to some specifics about the Moses signing then, because there was a couple of suggestions that it may be in, uh, as part of a bit of a, uh, a larger trade of sorts with Parramatta, whereby they've got several demands and, those demands involve players. Um, and so I'm not sure that you're aware of this, but Parramatta, as far as I can tell, as far as I've read um, from the little corners of the internet, as a possibility for even this year, um, they would like Adam Dewey and Stefano Atoikamanu in return for the release of Moses. Now, um, just looking at your reaction there, yeah, not a, fan of the, not a fan of the staff one at all. No, nah, no. Nah. I'm a fan of the – I'm okay with the Dewey one because you get a half for a half. Mm. Hey, why don't they just ask for Safarth? He's just as good as Steph. <laughs> well, that was the joke that somebody made. They said, uh, best I can do is a Safarth. Yeah. Take it take it or leave it. In that situation, um, are you entertaining that at all? No, not Steph. No. No, not at no, all. No, me neither. He's a, in my opinion, last year aside, he's still the best young prop in the game. Oh, easy. Um, By far. And he can be the leader of the pack for the next 10 years alongside Polay and whoever else we've got coming through. Offerhand Gow, he's only sort of mid-ish 20s himself, 26 or 27. So, um, yeah, I to me, I'd rather wait for Mitchell Moses for another year and no, I'd rather him in 24. I'd rather wait. Yeah, because I mean we've got a, a decent replacement in in Dewey in the minute, um at the at the minute sorry, um for twenty three. So it's not like we're in desperate need of a half to do something. Um, but it'd be yeah I don't know, I don't know what those discussions are. I don't know if Mitch Moses is still thinking Parramatta after all that. But the suggestions we read today that's, that's what Parramatta at least, um from these sources are, uh what they're after. It'd be interesting. I personally, with everything that I guess, it, let's say Moses does sign. I personally, you you look at his, you look at his character, and yes, he left us because he wanted to be he wanted to be a dominant halfback, and that's not what they saw him as, and they didn't see him as the priority signing. But he is a you can't put too again um much against him the fact that he is a competitive bugger. So I'd be surprised if he'd even want to leave prior to, let's say he signs, he wants to leave prior to 2024. I think that if he, the competitive said, I think he has in him, then I've seen him, and he'd want to stick it out for one more year and try to do something with Parramatta after how close he's gone. So, yeah, quite possibly. Hmm. Possibly. Um, it could have been negotiations can go toxic too. That does happen. And okay. um, he has form in leaving contracts early. So, you might be right, um, or it might be the flip side. I, I can see both that happening, to be honest. 
I'd be very, very with what the Tigers have done over the last eighteen months. This would put a sour taste in my mouth if they did decide to agree to this and let let Steph go, because we read. Yeah. Um, I think it was Clarkie's RL forum. Um, that what that um, the Knights are still paying four hundred thousand dollars for Clemmer, so we're paying Clemmer less this season than we were paying Zane Musgrove. And yeah, that's just quite, business. And that's quite, like, yeah. Quite possibly the worst resource um, on NRL News, Clarkie's Instagram, whatever. He's woeful. Supports the Titans. Mate, brother, what are you doing? Um, the information is just rehash stuff off um, Fox Sports and whatnot. That, I think, was from a Sydney Morning Herald article. It was either that or it was a uh, Daily Telegraph article. And as we know with journalists, we don't know whether these numbers are right, but let's assume that they are um and it's a bit of a bit of a tangent but if that's the case uh how amazing a swindle was that by the tigers offloading zane musgrove at full freight and end up getting david clemmer this year for cheaper basically it doesn't sound like something tigers would do but turned a few corners definitely definitely have i think Mm. i think working in our favor too with the moses thing is I don't know if you watched um, the interview with Sheenzy when they had the fan day. It was just recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, Moses coming over and all that stuff. And you could see what well, he, he said. I think his exact words were, or close to exact words were, well, I signed them when they were juniors. I knew what he was capable of, but I never got to coach him. So yeah. I'd love to do that. And, you know, you can see Brooksy is starting to benefit a little bit from Sheensy being there, the same way that Benji benefited back when he first started. And, you know, it's a very different world than it was back then. I mean, there was no real social media or anything like that when Benji first started. And, you know, we've been critical of Brooksy. We've smashed Brooksy last year, you know. Um, but he seems to be a little bit more comfortable with, I guess, his purpose. And I think, you know, Sheenzy is, if if anything, Sheenzy's always been a really good people manager. So maybe that's a a little bit of ammunition for us in those negotiations on Thursday. Mm. Yeah, and Brooks was interviewed today, today or yesterday, and he basically said point blank that he's been talking to Mitch and trying to convince him getting in his ear about coming over. He's He said that there's a better vibe about the place. He mentioned in the interview that, you know, he only lives down the road. Um, they're still best mates. They love the chance to play together again. They both had daughters born last year, two weeks apart. You know, so he's saying all these things in public now, and um, obviously that's something that uh, you know he's been working on. I guess um, trying to do what he can from the recruitment space. And for by all reports, they still remain pretty close mates. It was, yeah. also, it was reported that um, Papali'i as well sent a text message about to Moses, asking him when all the reports started to come out, if he's thinking about coming home, he said. So, um, yeah, it's good to see the boys trying to stick the knives in a little bit and get one under Parramatta's skin because um, you know, over the last five, six years, they've sort of just cherry-picked cherry, cherry picked our best and, yeah. um, and been able to capitalise on it. So it would be good to, to see the reverse happen in a way. I'm just trying to think, apart from Moses and Madison, who else did they grab? It was primarily those two I was talking about. Uh, But yeah, they were some of our best. And Madison was, you know, definitely um, 
one that we def- what was that 2019 we loved him and he was yeah we thought he was going to be a future for us and yeah jump ship Parramatta but um yeah like but then at the same time you've all, I've also read reports that Dylan Brown's getting in his ear and you know he's get he'll be getting it from both sides you know Clint yeah. Gutho you know, Gutho has been in his um in his ear yeah so yeah for sure. I think and just- he knows he, he knows that place, so that's why I'm not confident. Because there's a fair argument, as you said before, to stay at Para. So, um, yeah, it'll be what it'll be. But hopefully, we we reach some sort of crescendo, so to speak, uh, towards the back end of this week. Yeah. And whether we find anything out Thursday or not, um, hopefully at least we're moving to some sort of solution. Because I can't imagine them them wanting this to drag on into the season proper. It's a mo- monumental distraction. No, no, I wouldn't see. I wouldn't think they want that to keep going. Apparently, but apparently he's got till round ten this year to give Parramatta their his decision. So yeah. you never know. You never know. He might just keep dragging it out and dragging it out. I guess, like you said, until there is pen to paper and until announcement has been signed either way, mm. it's um, what's the it's Schrodinger's cat. It's either both alive or dead. Well done. Mm. Nice reference. So Schroed- shredding his tiger. Hey, hey. <clears throat> Slippery we'll see. Um, so based upon the fact that um, this is a possibility, uh, a couple of other little tidbits of information it appears as though that Laurie will be the fullback come round one. Yeah, uh, that seems to be confirmed. Um, and mainly off the back of the fact that Staines just hasn't been enough of a talker over the off-season, so he's, he's got to work on finding his voice a bit. Yep. Uh, and we had a report last week that Shane mentioned that um, Jareen Buller is um, nipping at the heels and, and showing a fair bit over the off-season, impressing a lot of people at the back as a full-back option too. So it's good to actually have a little bit of uh, competition in that position. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Well, we've had competition for it. It's just competition we haven't wanted. So that being the case, um, do you see Staines getting a spot in the seventeen then? Um, look, my initial seventeen had Mamalo in there, but um, I was reading reports that, or reading suggestions that, you know, that Sheens is just not a fan of his defense. So I think, I, I think that there's always possibility that he might get a start over Mamalo. Um, but I still stand by my one to seventeen that I put out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so no, I don't think he's going to be in there. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess anything's possible. He mm. might trial really well. <clears throat> and Sheens has never been against um, giving people the opportunity if they train and trial well. Mm. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Actually, I don't think he ever gave Carl Love at the start. I think Carl Love was after his time. But he did give Matt Bell a try. Don't mention that name on this podcast. Which one? I mentioned two horrible names. Oh, and you can add Jack Buchanan to that list. Keith Lulia. You can keep going down the list. Corey Patterson. <laughs> There's a number of forgettable names in the in the 2010s that we they shall not be named. Yeah. Nathan Malone. Oh wow! Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah. There's a, there's a list as long as their arm. Um, Sean Spence. Remember him? Yeah, I do actually. Wow. Yeah. Mm. We we could we could dig up some names. And this wasn't <laughs> that long ago, mind you. No, it wasn't. Anyway. Ten years ago. Yeah. Anyway. 
We're, we've got a few tangents tonight. Okay, so Staines seems to be pipped. Uh, obviously, good backup to have. Wing, fullback, uh, he's there ready to go. You're staying with your back line. You're still looking Mamalo Nofaluma, um, and your centre's still being Naden Talao. I think I think I agree there. Yeah, um, I think from all reports, Talao is training really, really well. Yeah, um, I've heard the same. And and we all know that what Benji said that Talao was supposed to be um, the fix when Tedesco left. So, um, you know, you know, Benji's got high high raps of him. Mm. So I think it's yeah, very I, it's very easy to forget how much of an athlete or how how good of an athlete Tommy Talao is and, and was. And we haven't seen it for 18 months, but he's, he's a big <laughs> he's a boy. Eh? He's a oh, big yeah. Boy. And he know. does it easy. He can leap and he's yeah. strong. So and, um, I'm keen to see him back. When they came to train up here in Brisbane, when they trained out of my old, my old hunting grounds in Valley Diehards represent, um, they, uh, I, I got a photo with him and I'm short as they come. I'm five foot six and three quarters. But he made me look like a little child. Don't lie on it. Do not lie on the Tiger Town podcast, Toby. You're five foot four in shoes. <laughs> That's like, fair dinkum. That's my dad. Um, but yeah, he towered, like made me look like a little child. He towered. Yeah, yeah big boy. Yeah. And solid. That's that was a couple of years ago too. Yeah, twenty twenty start of twenty twenty actually, just before yeah. the pandemic. There you go. Um. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, obviously, if the Moses thing happens, it it's most likely going to be for next year. Probably beyond all shadow of a doubt. To be honest, will be happening happening for next year. This year, I just can't see it happening. Um, the obvious scenario in that situation would be that uh, Moses falls into halfback and Brooks out to five eight. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah, I think that Moses has proved that he is now an out halfback. And I think yep. uh, we can both agree that Brooks' best game is when he's a, a running player. Yep. Uh, even he said that. He said that numerous times. And he said in an interview and just recently, he's excited about quick service out of dummy half so that he can take the line on a lot more and even get tries for mm. himself. That's what he was saying. Mm. And um, yeah. Out now, that that's how it will definitely be. I couldn't see it any yep. other way. And I couldn't see Moses coming without any guarantees that he wouldn't be the starting half. Yeah, for sure. He he's a halfback now. Out now, half. Um, and yeah, and as a halfback, he's far exceeded uh, what I guess Brooks has been able to serve up an offer. Yeah, no, I agree. So a lot of reports when Moses originally started conversations was that the Tigers need to improve their forward pack. And I mean, it's it's hard to argue with the fact that they've done that in spades, right? Oh. I mean, if you look at it was, it was we've discussed several times, you look at what the forward pack likely will be heading into round one. It's David Klemmer, um, Appy Corusau, Steph Utoikamanu, um, Isaiah Papali'i, John Bateman, and Offahangawi. That's your your starting six forwards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. And we've we've said it at nauseam a little bit in the last month, but um, I, I that's got to have far exceeded even his expectations. You, surely, you put that if you put that on paper, that six people you have what two past Origin representatives who could still play Origin. You've got a future of Origin who was an eighteenth man or twentieth man. You've got um, your backup Origin hooker, also rep, a Fiji representative. 
you've got a New Zealand representative also touted as the best second rower in the game a couple of years in a row. And then you've got an inter- English international. I mean, that there puts on... Who was second row of the year in 2019. Yeah. And that, well. and I think One he, of his two years. he would have been... I, I don't know about what happened in the Super League, but you'd have to say he'd beat up there to probably have that award again in the Super League. Um, but you put that on paper and you have a look at every other team in the comp. And, you know, people will dis- dispute it, everything like that. But I'd find it very hard to not keep them out of the top five forward packs. I'd find it very oh, hard. Oh, yeah. Especially if they actually go through and they forget who, what, they forget the jersey they're wearing and they actually look at the names, name for name. Yeah. And it's not like we have necessarily the best superstar prop in the game or the best superstar lock in the game. Um, but if you go name for name in terms of you rate them individually, that's a team that's a forward pack full of eights or higher at best or higher. So eight, eight and a halves, nine, nine and a halves. Each and every one of them is top tier. There's Easy. no real weak links. Easy. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you can even add um, in terms of the potential on the bench coming through with Law and Polo, you can even add those guys to, you know, that impact that can, that can come off the back of that as well um, with, you know, unproven, over, over periods of time, but definitely the capacity to be able to reach similar sort of ratings in with some game time. No, I agree. No, it's, um, yeah, it, it's just, if that was something that was obviously hindering his decision, you could pretty much tick that off and say, no, that mm. if that's still hindering your decision, you would never keen to come anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I would be, <laughs> I'd be very, very surprised if um, he wasn't surprised with how much of a turnaround oh, has yeah. come. Um, it's it's hard to argue. Like uh, anyway, we we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna wax lyrical about how impressed we are with the, the oh, forward pack turnaround in, in one off season again. We've done it every week, but yeah, part of me is okay with it because um, yeah, it you know, and and that's where the excitement comes from. I think doesn't it? You know, we. We have, I guess, since we've known since Bateman um, signed officially on Boxing Day, but as the last piece of that forward pack puzzle, we knew he was coming since basically the start of December, mid-December. The mail was extremely strong. Uh, we just didn't hear for a few weeks. So we've essentially known for two months that this is going to be the, the starting forward pack come round one. The visa issues aside, obviously. And, um, yeah, the the excitement's getting pretty close as, you know, we get to see we get to see that in um, a matter of a handful of weeks. It's next Thursday is the first trial. As much as we probably won't see those players, but we won't see those players, um, but still, yeah. just the fact that we get to see a Tigers game in nine days hmm. is pretty. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's good going into a season with a change of roster and a change of squad and overhaul. Because if nothing else, it gives you blind, dumb hope. Um, but that's all we really have when it comes to the Tigers lately. So mm. it's fun. Used to it. Used to it. Mm. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. It's uh, look. Speaking of the trials, we've got what we got. Warriors over in New Zealand. Now, yes. Sheensy's come out and said that a lot of the first graders won't get a, a shot. 
out of everyone, because what's the new rules? They can have 30 players with unlimited interchange for the first trial and then 28 for the second, or is it a little bit less than that? I can't remember now. Oh, I'm not sure. No, not sure on specifics on that. Sure that would make sense. Yeah, I'm sure somebody, if, if I'm wrong, will comment, but that's fine. Um, but out of those who aren't in the 30, because you know the, the up-and-comers a lot more than I do, who would you most like to see get a start in the first trial? We can go, we'll go more into depth about this next week because we'll be closer and I, they may even have the teams announced by the time we do this. Or hmm. well, the squad announced at least. But who Hopefully. would you like to cool. see? Just one player. Just one player? Just one. Well, based upon, based upon the talk over, um, we could probably talk about a few, but based upon the talk over Summer and the fact that he's getting a fair run in the interviews is that Jaren Buller. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, a... I want to see. I want to see what they've seen over the Christmas period to to have uh, the first grade coaches. It's that excited that that they're mentioning him in um, in media media interviews. So he's a fullback, center wing, isn't he? He's been yeah. He's just an athlete. Just an he's athlete. he's a backline player, but he's been playing primarily fullback. <laughs> um, I think he played fullback in Flegg and um, maybe New South Wales Cup as well last year. I'm not 100% sure. I have to look him up um, for those details. But, yeah, that, that's where he plays primarily. Yeah. And fullback has been what he sort of settled his way into. Yeah. Is he Fijian? Don't know his background uh, in terms of his, his ethnicity. He's Australian, obviously. I don't know where what his heritage is. Um, yeah, that, that name's just – it just seems very um... – yeah. So that no Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I don't I don't, I don't really want to speculate speculate. Um but yeah, I'm sure come to actually coming to think of it, I did read something. Is he Papua New Guinean? Or Torres Strait Islander or something along those lines, maybe. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. It's just I, you know, I did read a write up. Yeah. You keep but, seeing all these amazing Fijian players coming out of the woodworks like um uh what is it, CV? Taruva from from Panthers. Taruva, yeah, yeah. That's actually Sunia. funny enough. Um, it's one of a bloke I used to work with. It's his nephew, so that's funny. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you just see these amazing players, and I'd just love to get a little bit of that. Um, I guess we had uh, Nagama back in the day, and he's an amazing, amazing Fijian player. I just love how Fiji plays, to be honest. So, especially their backs. Yeah. Right. Like you said, um, yeah. Athletes. What's that? They're just athletes. So yeah, yeah, athletes first, and if if they can learn the game and they they become students, um, just students of the game, and they're very coachable, then these guys can become anything. Especially if they pick up the game, even at 13, 14. By the time they get to junior grades and reserve grade, you know they've had five, six, seven years of learning and playing the game under the best coaches in the best systems provided that they are good enough. That's more than enough time to be able to learn enough to be able to play NRL standard Yeah. Um, if they've got that 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 giftedness within them. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how much talent is, you know, in the Pacific region, whether you're talking um, Fiji, you're talking Tonga, um, Samoa, even up to PNG, you know, um, where else? Cook, Cook Islands. And then obviously you've got everyone out at NZ. So the talent pool out in those areas is just phenomenal. It's crazy. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. 
Well, what what's the percentage of Polynesian players now? It's over fifty percent, isn't it? Oh, it'd have to be. Have to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they fill all spaces too, which is which is cool because you think of you know your typical Polynesian players being big, strong, powerful, um, and more probably suited to the forwards as a stereotype, I guess. But but then you look at players like Joey Manu and um, and Jerome Hughes, who are just electric playmakers and backline players. Benji Marshall, like, so we got, um, I guess like anyone, they um, um, fill all spaces. That young Katoa who went up to the Dolphins, you know, hasn't even had Isaiah a Katoa? Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't even had Half-back. a start, yeah. start. Yeah. Hasn't even had an NRL start, but he, um, you know, played for Tonga in, uh, in the World Cup. And there's so much, there's so much, um, such huge raps on him. Like, yeah, he brained him. Mm. But um, oh, they're just like um. I remember moving up here and playing footy up here. Like I, ca- I went came from New South Wales bush footy where you had a lot of indigenous players. You know, you and I used to play against Greg Inglis, and they could just carve you up. Like they they get a ball in their hand and they'd score six tries. Coming up here, I was playing against Polynesian, um, you know, big Polynesian boys, and like I said, I'm not the biggest guy, and that's just what I always took him as. You know, the Polynesian boys were just big, hulky forwards that was skillful. But then you've got yeah. these just you know, Powerful this new, batch coming, new batch coming through of just quick, skillful young kids, that and like fit, like the motors on the motors on some of these guys. You know, they this is what made me. I hung up the boots at twenty eight because I was like, bugger this, I'm yeah. out. It got to a point where there was nineteen year olds that were one hundred and thirty kilos could run the hundred in about eleven and a half seconds, and they played seventy two minutes. It was like that's just not fair. <laughs> yeah, it got to that point where it just you know. We were playing. We were playing different the sports. They're, they're, that's they're why. Playing, that's playing that's why I hung out. I hung out. Hung out in the centres, mate. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't by, yeah, that wasn't it wasn't by accident. It wasn't great for me trying to tackle them in the middle. <laughs> yeah, you played a little bit of prop at certain points, as I remember too, and that wasn't much fun for you. No, no. I'm glad I glad I did both my shoulders and I couldn't play anymore. Um. Yeah. So Buller would be one I'd be keen to see, but I can imagine being a young squad and a young talented <laughs> squad. Beyond the top 30 squad, I'm talking about as a club, I guess. Um, a lot of talent through uh, SG Ball, obviously, uh, and the Harold Mats last year, um, and then into Flegg this year. New South Wales Cup, I haven't looked at what the squad was looking like this year. I'd imagine we haven't yet seen a lot of that wave of talent flow through completely into reserve grade yet, but that's obviously going to happen with time. But, yeah, if, if a few of those 18, 19-year-olds, the youngsters, get a, get a crack, it'd be good fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I personally was, I'm hoping that uh, Josh Folletti will get a a bit of a a go. Yeah. So many raps on him, and I've never actually seen him play. So I don't he was named um, co SG ball captain for um, West this year. Did see that? I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd just like to see how he goes, and you know, there's been big raps on him. Um, Manly were devastated to lose him, yeah. so I'd be keen if he. Uh, I'm keen to see him if he gets a run. I like the fact that he's been made captain too, because it shows he's not just a, a talent that sits out wide in the centres. It's somebody who obviously trains well, carries himself, carries themselves well, is listened to, is respected by his teammates. You know, all those things are captain material, and you don't see a whole lot of backline players, particularly centres, that are singled out for that. It's not just on pure talent that people are chosen for these types of roles. So um, that's really encouraging to see, as far as I'm concerned. Because no. his haircut is woeful. Like, oh, Joshy, what are you doing, brother? Honestly, I'm I'm 
getting over these bloody mullets. I'll tell you that much. Show oh. now. Looked like he got run over by a drunk lawnmower. Yeah, mate, you got to do something about that cut. <laughs> um, boys that we won't see come through, uh, I dare say, is uh, Kit Lauerli'i. Which is another bloke who uh, young lock coming through. I think we're going to see the types of. I think we're going to see some of our fringe um, first graders that are top thirty. We're going to see the likes of Tumuth, um, uh, Mansfield, Webster Mansfield. We're going to see um, like yeah, Madam will, will get a run. I, I dare say, you know, Kaitoga will get a run. Um, Polair might even start the game, even though he's um, you know on the bench. Uh, Seafarth might get some big minutes. Good for him. <laughs> oh. uh, I'd I'd like to see. I want to see a bit of Junior Tupo. I'd like to see him his preferred position because his preferred position is fullback, isn't it? Uh, I think that's where they were trying to play him. But I think, as far as I I know, at least last year he was the same victim as the Charlie Stain situation, which is he just <clears throat> hasn't been hadn't been able to find a voice, and that was a glaring weakness in in his game as a, as a shy young fella. But um, I think I think centre is another position he can play. And obviously anybody that can play fullback and centre is capable of playing wing too. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But um, there's no shortage of names. It'd be, it'd be cool to see. Like you said earlier, hopefully they, they release a long team list next week and we can specifically go through some of them and maybe give the listeners a bit of an insight for, for a couple of names to look out for maybe. Yeah. Um, and then when the game proper happens on Thursday, we can show how we were completely wrong and people that we yeah. don't ever mention will be the better players, but we'll see. True. Yeah. I think that's, um, yeah. I would say that personally, I've never been great at picking the ones that turn out to be something. You have a bit more success than I do, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how our predictions go. So, yeah. Uh, you're a fool if you think you can be Socrates and, and make accurate predictions. I think, you know, they sometimes there's someone like a Tedesco or someone where you just know coming oh, yeah, through the ranks can, that they're an absolute weapon. Well, but I can vividly remember you telling me, even this is well before forums and internet and all that really took off. I think we had the internet, but we didn't really use it. You told yeah. me back in 2006 to keep my eye out for one kid. You said, you got to watch this kid. There's been big raps in him for a while. His name was Chris Lawrence. So, oh, yeah. He told me yeah. that back in 2006, and he did the same thing with Teddy back in 2011. 2011. I think 2011 yeah. he told me about him, and then he debuted in 2012 and broke his knee. Mm. <laughs> they did his ACL. Still break did his ACL. Yeah, did his ACL, and then he, he broke his knee um, after he reneged on Canberra in yep. 2014, I think. Too. Yeah, he ran into Terry Campese's knee yep. and broke Shame. his patella in half. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Chris Chris Lawrence Rowdy, still my favorite um Tigers player of all time. Yep. Just he um good. he just he oozed humility and hard work and um he was just tough as teak. I just love the way he ran, I love the way he played the game, particularly as a center. Mm. Um and obviously he was hindered in his later years as a second rower, but um yeah, everything about the way that bloke played footy I love. He created probably um, the best left left edge we've had up until maybe now. Right. Who knows? But the best left edge. He was electric. Ellis. I remember, I remember that day he ran away from Billy Slater. Um, oh yeah. On, on a break, and I just thought, how good's this? Billy Slater at the time, you know, one of the best 
if not talked about as the best fullback and uh, thought to be electric, all this sort of stuff. And we just had this young, slick dude, school kid, humble, quiet school kid that just shredded him. It, it was awesome. When he debuted, because I was living in Brisbane at the time, um, I remember there was an article that said that he had to get back on a plane that day because he had to get HSCs in the morning. <laughs> he had to go to, yeah, go back to school and do his his tests. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he's a yeah, great player and so, someone Chris, who you, dealt you, with you, hardship. You, and we'd love to have you on the show as well. We'd love you to have you on the show just to talk about oh, your abs- experience. Absolutely, he does. And just and, and again, just just another another stringy his bow as the hardships that he faced more than you know, just about any other player that has played the game and dislocated hip and to say that he fractured his face would be a, a, a massive understatement Definitely and to come back from both those, come back from both those catastrophic injuries and continue to play first grade. Yeah. It's a testament to him as a player. So and not only that, he, after that, he moved closer into the game as well, moved into the second row. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I can't remember whether it was his first hit up back after his facial fracture or his first tackle, but one of them, it was just flat stick. And I thought that's, Oh man, it was good. I think all the commentators noticed too, because it was a big thing. Yeah, the injury that he that he had, and uh, obviously it was a big deal. I think there was even a mini, a short little documentary on his recovery and everything else as well. And um, yeah, anyway, great player, Chris Lawrence. And, um, I never I never met him um, at fan days or anything, but uh, by all reports, just one of the loveliest blokes you'd oh, ever yeah. meet. I too. met I met him a couple of times, and one of the nicest guys you've ever met. Hmm. Always willing to have a chat with you and sign anything you want. So, yeah, 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 yeah very good. No, it's fun to think about some of those old players, not old. He, like Chrissy Lawrence is younger than us, but um, than us, yeah, yeah those, those guys from from a couple of years gone by, anyway. Yeah, yeah, he was always he was always good to watch. Yeah, well, mate, there's a, a little bit of water to go on the bridge between this week and and podcast next week, isn't there? We've got uh, a few signing rumors. We might find a few. Answers in that regard. Um, we've got maybe a trial squad to to talk about between now and then. So, um, yeah, no shortage of items on the menu this time next week. No, no, this one was kind of uh, it's it's not it's not to say it was a filler, but um, yeah, it wasn't obviously as much as we've talked about in the past, and probably not as much as we're going to talk about next week. But um, it's always still good to talk about the Tigers. I mean, look forward to my Tuesday nights. I don't know about you. Uh, give me a bold prediction for podcast this time next week. A bold prediction, and give me two. Give me one regarding the squad, uh, and one regarding the Mitchell Moses situation. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know if it's bold. I'm just going to say he's going to sign. I don't know if that's bold at all. I just think that he's going to sign because it's in. It's really only one way or the other, isn't it? He's either going to sign or he's going to not. So well, yes, it is. So you you are in camp sign. You think he's going to sign? I think he'll sign. I think he'll sign. I think one point four million dollars over four years, through mm. with a going to a team that has rebuilt itself, um, to play for a coach that he originally wanted to play for. I think it's just going to be too much for him to to pass up. What do you? How do you feel about the one point four as a number? Uh, I think he's worth it. Um, I think it's a lot of money. 
It is. I still think he's worth it because he's only 27. Um, Andrew John said he didn't hit his prime till he was 27, 28. Yeah, he's, he's 28, I think. But yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's they'll be on that age. I think that I still it's it's a lot of money regardless of who you're shelling it out for. I think that you know people have paid almost as much for players that probably aren't the worth worth uh, aren't worth it. Sorry. So I mean, it's not like we're going after David Fafita. Um, and paying $1.2 million for a back rower. Mm. Uh, it's not like we're putting Jason Tamalolo on a 10, 10-year contract worth a million dollars a year. You know, I read something interesting today in regards to what that 1.4 would represent um, in terms of the cap. So we don't know what the cap's going to be 2024 because they're still figuring out the CBA. The NRL released what the cap will be next year, even though the Players Association didn't technically ratify it. Um and we know what it was in 2022. So in 2022, the cap was 9.6 million, right? Okay. Um, in 2023, it's going to be 12.1 million. Now, if we pretend that the 1.4 is coming out of next uh, this year's cap, it represents 11.6% of the cap. Okay. So if we bought Mitchell Moses with this year's cap, <clears throat> this year's cap, excuse me, represents 11.6%. Now, if we take that to last year with 9.6 million, that same percentage only represents 1.13 million. So there's a 25% jump in the salary cap from last year to this year. Yeah. And so if you reverse engineer that, that same salary this year is inflated from what we're used to salaries being. So it's still big money, 1.1, but that's that's 300 grand less effectively than uh, what we're going to be what what we're going to be paying him in real terms. Now, people might say, "Well, so what? What does that matter? We're still paying him one point four. What it means is that we're paying him. Yes, we are paying him one point four, but the entire cap is going up by twenty five percent. It's going up by uh, what are the sums on that? Two point five million. Yeah, it's it's not as if he's taking up a large like a significant chunk of the actual cap itself. Compared to yeah. what it would be in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly right. So, in, yeah, in terms of last year's value, it's about 1.1, a little over 1.1 in last year's value. And we're all familiar with what 2022 salaries were like. We're familiar with what Ben Hunt was getting um, in 2022. We're familiar with Cherry Evans, these types of players. They're all on, a, they're all on one, 1.1, 1.2. So it's that same value. Um, and look, the longer that it goes on, the salary cap 23, 24, 25, 26 will continue to bump. That always bumps in increments. If he's locked at 1.4 for that period of time, then the longer the contract goes on, the better value it represents. Yeah. Because if the salary cap is 14.1 in 2026, for example, and we're still only paying 1.4, that brings his percentage that he's earning as part of the whole cap down year on year. So, um, yeah, it's it's a challenge, but if we can try not to think about 1.4 as in last year's terms and think about it in future cap terms, which is what it actually is going to be representing, um, then the value is definitely much better than what it seems just yeah, on yeah. first glance. Yeah. Well, there you go. It just justifies why I still think it's a good value. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what absolutely. about you? Um, Are you on? You think he'll sign? Um. Um, <laughs> factually, yes. Uh, so the, cap, cap, the cap was just in the corner, just um, freaking out at the noises I was making. <laughs> yeah, so you can't um, there get splitters in your ass on the fence either. 
No, mate, you're still plucking yours out from last week. Fair dinkum. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That was last week. I've, ne- I've never seen someone. I've never seen someone jockey at jockey offence that hard since the bloody Melbourne Cup. Um, I think that. Look, I'll answer it in my way, and it, it, I'll let me finish, and I won't sit on the fence about it. Factually, I think it, he's crazy if he doesn't. It's a long. It seems to be a longer contract. Apparently, Parrot only offering three years. This seems to be four, possibly five with a mutual. They seem their offers around 1.1 plus extras. Ours is about 1.4 plus extras. So that re- represents over the course of a four-year contract an extra $1.2 million. Um, and for all the other reasons you said before, gets to play in the halves alongside his, his uh, one of his best mates that he played with, uh, gets to go back to a club uh, that has that he's played for before that he knows other people from, gets to go to a coach and work under a future coach, which is one of his idols, gets to go and join a club that's on the up with one of the best forward packs in the competition, gets to go to a club that has undoubtedly the best facilities now in the competition. So on paper, um, it seems a bit of a no-brainer. And I think for that reason, um, I'm going to say he will sign. But the big but is simply history. So the big reason why I'm going, I I don't think so, is Luttrell. It's Cameron Munster. It's Josh Adokar. It's every time we have publicly, in some way, shape, or form, gone for a big person, and it has seemed the same thing. It has seemed to make sense on paper. That Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? How good is our offer? Every single time we've fallen short. Every single time. You look at Appy. That was not... We weren't in contestion for his contestion. We weren't we weren't contesting for his services. Clemmer, he wasn't on the open market. That was something dealt with privately. Bateman wasn't being shopped to NRL clubs. We Sheens went over and deliberately targeted him and picked him out of Wigan. Um, and Isaiah Papali'i was probably the only one, but it was only us that came in with a massive offer over whatever para lowballed him at. So even the gun signings we've managed to nab have been either under contract and got early releases. Um or there have been people that have happened under the radar that weren't in a bidding war. Mitchell Moses has been in a bidding war. It was para, Bulldogs, and us, and now Doggies have officially dropped out, so now it's para and us. And so I think that the whole reason I am trepidatious or apprehensive about the fact that it it may not happen is simply based on history. But I'm with you. I say that uh, he signs, and I say we don't find out until next week. Thursday would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really good if we could. But um, the other thing is, why would he bother coming to the club on Thursday for a meeting with a contract there, simply to shake hands and go thanks, but no thanks? Everyone yeah. else sends a text message or a phone call or via managers or whatever else. Unless he's trying to push eels up even further, but I don't think the eels can go up any further. Oh, I think final offers were in weeks ago. I think it was just back and forth about minute details. So. Um, decision is going to be made. He might think Tigers tonight, though, on Tuesday night, and then tomorrow morning wakes up and he thinks Eels. So, um, you know, these decisions have changed from players. They've spoken about it in retrospect. I can't think specifically. I know that there's a couple of big players that have spoken about how they've changed their mind almost overnight, close to a signing date with major contracts. So, um, yeah, whichever way it falls will be the way that it falls. Yeah. Moses signs... And Benny Elias comes to the table and says that he talked him into it. <laughs> Bold, no. mate. 
I guarantee you that's what will happen if he signs. Bold, not Captain Obvious predictions. Oh, sorry. He'll, uh, hey, you know, interesting, interesting fact. Do you remember a little while ago that um, we had issues with Sam Ayub and all his stock? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we've got um, a fair run of players under Isaac Moses, the manager now. So we've got John Bateman, David Clemmer, Luke Brooks, and guess who the fourth one is? Mitchell Moses. Mitchell Moses. So Mitchell Moses was told, or the club hierarchy was told, and his manager was told, we need to strengthen the forward pack. So what did they do? They signed David Clemmer, Mitchell Moses. They signed uh, Isaac Moses. They signed John Bateman, Isaac Moses. So, don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We'll, um, Who knows? We yeah. know. We know. It's happening. Yeah, okay. It's all happening. Yeah. We've rubbed all the right. crystal ball and it's happening. Yeah, that is a shiny noggin you got there. Mate, um, it's fun to speculate. Let's hope by this time next week we've got a bit more information on that. Lots to talk about next week because guess what happens next week, Toby? What happens next week? We're playing footy. Footy's back. Footy's back, baby. January's over. Forget it. Cricket's gone. We're back. Playing the Warriors next Thursday in a trial game. We yep. won't know who any of the names are. That's all right. I love watching juniors and reserve graders play. Next week's going to be a great week for sport because uh, Super Bowl's on Monday. So watching that. Mm. Going to Philly. If, if any Aussie isn't Well, you have to Philly, with Jordan Mailata. Yeah, you have to. If any Aussie isn't going for Philly, it'd be the same as when Hayne played for the 49ers and Hayne jerseys just went through the roof. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, and you can't you can't help but uh, be happy for Jordan Mailata to be able to play. Yeah, I was um in a Super Bowl. What's that? I just don't want Kansas to win. Yeah, uh, well, Kansas Kansas City have been up there for a little while now, so um, and they won a title, so they um, yeah, they're due they're due for a loss. But Philadelphia did too. Yeah, they just won a handful one. of years ago. Yeah, three years ago. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, three or four years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, those teams have been up there for a little while. It would have been good to see Burrow and the Bengals get in, though. Oh, I don't know if you watched that game, but... Only the highlights, yeah. yeah. The last, that last... Choker, Choker Hontas. cornerback is. Not that good. was ridiculous. Not Ruffling, good. And, um, and the 49ers, shit hot all year, and then just went... Yeah, and when you looked at the sideline, you just see Jimmy Garoppolo smiling. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Ah, quarterback no name was um he played well he he killed it for him this year but um yeah yep couldn't get it done at the the high time so anyway so I think that's about it for the show for this week but um make sure you tune in next week absolutely because it's you know we're up and running it's it's going to be a cracker and, and lots to talk about hopefully a fair bit of news coming our way uh all things signings Mitchell Moses John Bateman visa issues. It's never a dull moment here at Tiger Town, and um, we're pretty pretty pumped to bring you all the news and all the gossip. Exactly, exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in once again. PSA, as it normally is, Facebook page, Tiger Town Podcast, YouTube channel, Tiger Town Podcast. Quick little shout-out to the other podcasts out there that run the black, gold, and white <laughs> colours. You all know them well. They're bigger than us. They are all legends and they're worth a listen. Westlife podcast and the West Tigers podcast. Um, so make sure you hop on, give those guys a listen as well. All quality content. We're all on the same bandwagon, folks. I've been Zach. He's been Toby. 
Good night for now. We'll see you next week. And as always, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers.